It is one thing for an individual to claim to have seen a UFO. But what about a city? What about a state? Today, we talk about the Phoenix Lights. Welcome to the Soul Trap. We're glad that you tuned in and listened to this podcast. And as I just mentioned, we are going to talk about one of the greatest UFO sightings in U.S. history. That is the Phoenix Lights. It is a tremendously interesting, interesting subject to study. And if you are a skeptic, I highly recommend that you at least take the time to investigate this. I am not saying that the Phoenix Lights proves that there is uh, altered dimensional beings. I'm not saying that the Phoenix Lights proves that there are uh, little green men from other planets. I'm not saying that the Phoenix Lights proves that the government, the United States government, has an ongoing uh, high-end black a top secret program that we don't know about. I'm not even saying that the United States government is not going and involved in a ongoing conditioning process for the world. What I'm saying is that there is something strange about the Phoenix Lights that is unexplainable. It did have unidentified flying objects, and it was not seen by one or a few or a dozen. It was seen by an entire city, an entire state, And it is one of the most highly documented, photographically documented UFO events and cases that has ever been. The Phoenix Lights is our subject. And I am drawing some of our material from online and some of our material from author Lynn D. Kitei, last name K-I-T-E-I, medical doctor. The book is called The Phoenix Lights, A Skeptic's Discovery That We Are Not Alone. The explosive, never-before-told story of the largest UFO sighting in modern history. Now, in case you're not familiar with exactly what the Phoenix Lights are, I'm going to simply go to mainstream website sources and simply read you a little bit about the case history of what the Phoenix Lights are. The Phoenix Lights, sometimes called the Lights Over Phoenix, were a series of widely sighted, unidentified flying objects observed in the skies over the U.S. state of Arizona, Nevada, and the Mexican state of Sonora on March 13, 1997. Lights of varying descriptions were seen by thousands of people between 1930 and 2230 Mountain Standard Time in a space of about 300 miles from the Nevada line through Phoenix to the edge of Tucson. There were two distinct events involved in the incident, a triangular formation of lights seen to pass over the state, and a series of stationary lights seen in the Phoenix area. The United States Air Force identified the second group of lights as flares dropped by A-10 Warthog aircraft that were on training exercise at the Barry Goldwater Range in South Arizona. Witnesses claimed to have observed a huge Carpenter Square-shaped UFO containing five spherical lights or possibly light-emanating engines. Fife Symington, the governor at the time, was one witness to this incident. He later called the object, mind you now, the governor, he later called the object otherworldly. The lights were reported to have reappeared in 2007 and 2008, but these events were quickly attributed to military flares dropped by fighter aircraft at Luke Air Force Base and flares attached to helium balloons released by a civilian. Now, the initial reports of the event that 
uh, unfolded as follows. At about 18,500 hours, a man reported seeing a V-shaped object above Henderson, Nevada. He said it was about the size of a Boeing 747 and sounded like rushing wind. Now, for a Christian, uh, that's a very interesting terminology to use, but I digress. It had six lights on its leading edge. The lights reportedly traversed northwest to the southeast. An unidentified former police officer from Paladin, Arizona, is claimed to have been the next person to report a sighting after leaving his house at about 2,500 hours. As he was driving north, he allegedly saw a cluster of reddish or orange lights in the sky comprising four lights together and a fifth light trailing them. Each of the individual lights in the formation appeared to the witness to consist of two separate point sources of orange light. He returned home and through binoculars watched the lights until they disappeared south over the horizon. Now there is the Prescott and Prescott Valley incident. Lights were also reportedly seen in the area of Prescott and Prescott Valley, respectively. At approximately 2,700 hours, callers began reporting the object was definitely solid because it blocked out much of the starry skies that passed over. John Kaiser was standing outside with his wife and sons in Prescott Valley when they noticed a cluster of lights to the west-northwest of their position. The lights formed a triangular pattern, but all of them appeared to be red except the light at the nose of the object, which was distinctly white. The object or objects which had been observed for approximately two to three minutes with binoculars were then seen to pass directly over the observers. They were seen to sort of banked to the right, and this then disappeared in the night sky to the southeast of Prescott Valley. The altitude could not be determined, however. The object was fairly low, but made no reportable sound. The National UFO Reporting Center received the following report from the Prescott area. Quote, While doing astrophotography, I observed five yellow-white lights in a V formation, moving slowly from the northwest across the sky to the northeast, then almost due south and continue until out of sight. The point of the V was in the direction of movement. The first three lights were in a fairly tight V, while two of the lights were further back along the lines of the V's legs. During the northwest-northeast transit, one of the trailing lights moved up and joined the three and then dropped back to the trailing position. I estimate the three lights or the three light V to cover about 0.5 degrees of the sky and the whole group of five lights to cover about one degree of the sky. Not for nothing. Does that sound like flares to you? At the town of Dewey, 10 miles east of Prescott, Arizona, six people saw a large cluster of lights while driving northbound on Highway 69. But the first sighting from Phoenix came from Tim Lane, his wife Bobby, his son Hal, and his grandson Damien. They first saw the lights when they were above Prescott Valley, about 65 miles away from them. At first, the lights appeared to them as five separate and distinct lights in an arc shape, as if they were on top of a balloon. Fair enough. But they soon realized that the lights appeared to be moving towards them. Over the next 10 or so minutes, the lights appeared to come closer. The distance between the lights increased, and they took on the shape of an upside-down V. Eventually, when the lights appeared to be a couple of miles away, 
the witnesses could make out a shape that looked like a 60-degree carpenter's square with the five lights set into it, with one at the front and two on each side. Soon the object with the embedded lights appeared to be coming right down the street where they live, about 100 to 150 feet above them, traveling so slowly that it appeared to hover and was silent. Now, let us digress for just a moment from the account and state that if this was a purely military top-secret exercise, they sure weren't keeping it an ec- a secret by running it right down a main street of suburbia, USA. You would think with Groom Lake, Area 51, uh, all the different uh, air bases that they have, that they would manage to be able to fly this in a place where it would not be noticed by Joe Public. Now, the report goes on to state, The object then seemed to pass over their heads and went through a V opening in the peak of the mountains towards Squaw Peak Mountain and toward the direction of Phoenix Sky Harbor International Airport. Witnesses in Glendale, a suburb northwest of Phoenix, saw the object pass overhead at a high altitude, high enough to become obscured by the thin clouds. This was approximately between 8.30 and 8.45 Mountain Standard Time. When the triangular formation entered the Phoenix area, Bill Greiner, a cement driver hauling a load down a mountain north of Phoenix, described the second group of lights, quote, I'll never be the same. Before this, if anybody had told me they saw a UFO, I would have said, yeah, and I believe in the tooth fairy. Now I've got a whole new view, and I may be just a dumb truck driver, but I've seen something that don't belong here. Greiner stated that the lights hovered over the area for more than two hours. After Phoenix, a report came from a young man in Kingman area who stopped his car at a payphone to report the incident. Quote, the young man en route to Los Angeles called from a phone booth to report having seen a large and bizarre cluster of stars moving slowly in the northern sky. During the Phoenix event, reports state, numerous still photographs and videotapes were made distinctly showing a series of lights appearing at a regular interval, remaining illuminated for several moments and then going out. These images have been repeatedly aired by documentary television channels, such as the Discovery Channel and the History Channel, as part of their UFO documentary programming. The most frequently seen sequence is shown what appears to be an arc of lights appearing one by one, then going out one by one. UFO advocates claim that these images show that the lights were some form of running light or other aircraft illumination along the leading edge of a large aircraft. And the size of this aircraft is estimated to be as large as a mile in diameter. Now let that sink in. If it was indeed, if it was indeed a United States military aircraft, That aircraft was almost a mile in diameter based upon the lights. Now, we know of nothing else that large in nature. Of course, in supernature, we know that cherubims are extremely large. But, of course, I digress. Reports state that other similar sequences reportedly taken over half an hour period show differing numbers of lights in a V or arrowhead array. Thousands of witnesses throughout Arizona also reported a silent, mile-wide V or boomerang-shaped craft with varying numbers of huge orbs. So you have this huge thing in the air 
that appears to have wings. And then you have circles. I'm digressing again and just fading in and out of Ezekiel. Let me please stay on task. A significant number of witnesses reported that the craft was silently gliding directly overhead at low altitude. The first-hand witnesses consistently reported that the lights appeared as canisters of swimming light, while the underbelly of the craft was undulating, like looking through water. However, skeptics claim that the video was evidence that mountains, not visible at night, partly obstructed views from certain angles, thereby bolstering the claim that the lights were more distant than UFO advocates claim. UFO advocate Jim DeLezzo claimed to have performed spectral analysis of photographs and video imagery that proved the lights could not have been produced by man-made source. DeLezzo claimed to have used software called ImagePro Plus, to determine the amount of red, green, and blue in the various photographic and video images and construct histograms of the data, which were then compared to several photographs known to be of flares. Several sources have pointed out, however, that it is impossible to determine the spectral signature of a light source based solely on a photographic or video imagery, as film and electronics inherently alter the spectral signature of a light source by shifting hue in the visible spectrum and experts in the spectroscopy have dismissed his claims as being scientifically invalid. Again, I digress here, but it's always funny that if you don't believe in global warming, you're scientifically invalid. If you don't believe in evolution, you're scientifically invalid. If you don't believe homosexuality is a biological necessity, you're scientifically invalid. And of course, anything that would prove that what happened over Phoenix that night was somehow otherworldly or other dimensionally, well, it's scientifically invalid. Funny how that works, isn't it? Reports state that normal photographic equipment also eliminates light outside the visible spectrum, infrared and ultraviolet, that would be necessary for a complete spectral analysis. The maker of ImagePro Plus, Meteor Cybernetic, has stated that its software is incapable of performing spectroscopic analysis. Cognitech, an independent video laboratory, superimposed video imagery taken of the Phoenix lights onto video imagery it shot during daytime from the same location. In the composite image, the lights were seen to extinguish at the moment they reached the estral mountain range, which is visible in the daytime but invisible in the footage at night. They suggest that it was simply a natural explanation that the actual mountains were the ones that were blocking out the lights. Now, there is some controversy as to how best to classify the reports on the night in question. Some are of the opinion that the differing nature of the eyewitnesses' reports indicate that several unidentified objects were in the area, each of which was its own separate event. And that's very important, that last phrase. There were numerous, numerous eyewitnesses in numerous different locations signaling and reporting that there were separate events taking place. Now, this is largely dismissed by skeptics as an over-extrapolation from the kind of deviation common necessarily to subjective witness accounts. In other words, you can't really trust eyewitness accounts, and I get that. The media and most skeptical investigators have largely preferred to split the sightings into two distinct classes, a first and a second event for which two separate explanations are offered. When the explanation for the first event, 
The first event, the V, which appeared over northern Arizona and gradually traveled south over nearly the entire length of the state, eventually passing south of Tucson, was apparently a wedge-shaped object reported by then-Governor Symington and many others. This event started around 8.15 Mountain Standard Time over the Prescott area, as previously mentioned. Proponents of the two separate events proposed that the first event still has no probable explanation, but that some evidence exists that the lights were in fact airplanes. Because, of course, and I digress here again, no normal human being has ever seen normal planes. We wouldn't know what that looks like, and certainly not the governor. The governor would look up and see a Boeing or a Cessna or a G5 uh, uh, flying around, and he would look up at that plane and go, wow, that's shocking. So shocking that I need to go on record. So shocking that I need to make a statement that what I saw is otherworldly, of course. According to an article by reporter Janet Gonzalez that appeared in the Phoenix News Time, videotape of the V-shape shows the lights moving at separate entities, not as a single object. A phenomenon known as illusory contours can cause the human eye to see unconnected lines or dots as forming a single shape. Mitch Stanley, an amateur astronomer, observed high-altitude lights flying in formation using a Dobsonian telescope, giving 43-time magnification. After observing the lights, he told his mother, who was present at the time, that the lights were aircraft. According to Stanley, the lights were quite clearly individual airplanes. A companion who was with him recalled asking Stanley at the time what the lights were, and he said, planes. Ah, well, okay. That settles it. Additionally, Prescott, Arizona, includes the western campus of Emory-Riddle Aeronautical University, where flight training occurs with large fleet of light aircraft. By the way, we know also that the government, secret government, does not use universities at all, so we can scratch that out. An additional whispered theory on campus is that the aircraft in formation were actually ERAU aircraft flying in formation with transponders and lights off as a prank. It is treated as an open secret as such behavior is a severe violation of FAA and ERAU rules. I go back to after their viable explanations. I want to go back. Proponents of the two separate events propose that there is still no probable explanation. Well, the second event was a set of nine lights appearing to hover over the city of Phoenix at around 10. Again, nobody has ever seen flares. Nobody's ever seen uh, the uh, floating lanterns. We've never seen any of that stuff. So, of course, we would have no frame of reference, right? Right. The second event has been more thoroughly covered by the media due in part to the numerous video images taken of the lights. This was also observed by numerous people who may have thought they were seeing the same lights as those reported earlier. The U.S. Air Force explained the second event as a slow-falling, long-burning LUU-2B illumination flare dropped by a flight of four A-10 Warthog aircraft on a training exercise. And that's perfectly reasonable. I mean, what... Warthog A-10 aircrafts don't drop flares over the middle of a highly populated city. Makes perfect sense. I mean, why use the bombing range? Why use the military bases? Why use outside of town when you can drop them right over Phoenix? According to this explanation, the flares would have been visible in Phoenix and appeared to hover due to rising heat from burning flames creating a balloon effect on their parachute, which slowed the descent. 
The lights then appeared to wink out as they fell behind the Sierra Estrella, a mountain range to the southwest of Phoenix. A Maryland Air National Guard pilot, Lieutenant Colonel Ed Jones, responding to March 2007 media query, confirmed that he had flown one of the aircraft in the formation that dropped flares the night in question. Okay, cool. We thought it could possibly have been something secret from the military, but that's okay. The military came in to save the day. All right, let me, I'm just going to stop immediately in what we're doing here. Flares, if you ever saw the video, you will know that the whole concept, the idea of flares, and I know I'm just stopping midstream of consciousness here, but the idea that A-10s dropped flares, the military, somehow we're supposed to trust the military give us, giving us an explanation about the military operation, it just doesn't make sense. The news media itself was no help. There was minimal news coverage at the time of the incident, which is an amazing thing because the news media will cover a squirrel farting in the woods if they think they can get ratings out of it. So why not something like this that is statewide? In Phoenix, a small number of local news outlets noted the event, but it received little attention beyond that. But on June 18, 1997, USA Today ran a front-page story that brought national attention to the case. This was followed by news coverage on ABC, NBC, and other television networks. The case quickly caught the popular imagination and has since accordingly become a staple of UFO-related documentary television. Shortly after the lights, Arizona Governor Fife Symington held a press conference, held a press conference, stating that they found who was responsible. He proceeded to make light of the situation by bringing his aide on stage dressed in an alien costume. Well, now there you go. Whenever you want to really put the other side on the run, you don't bring forth facts. You don't bring forth valid. What you do is you bring out mockery. You bring out mockery. Mockery is always the key. That's always the way to do it. Symington said that he had witnessed one of the crafts of unknown origin during the 1997 event, although he did not go public with the information. In an interview with the Daily Courier in Prescott, Arizona, Symington said, quote, I'm a pilot and I know just about every machine that flies. It was bigger than anything that I have ever seen. It remains a great mystery. Other people saw it, responsible people. I don't know why people would ridicule it. Symington had earlier said it was enormous and inexplicable. Who knows where it came from? A lot of people saw it, and I saw it too. It was dramatic, and it couldn't have been flares because it was too symmetrical. I had a geometric outline, a constant, it had a geometric outline, a constant shape. Now, this was not some man in a tinfoil hat. It was the governor of Arizona. What did he see up there? What did they see that night in Phoenix? In the book that we mentioned earlier, The Phoenix Lights, there are several interesting things brought up by the author. Several questions, statements that make you think. Whatever it was, truthfully, no one had a logical explanation. It wasn't A-10 warthogs dropping flares. It, it wasn't 
flares or it wasn't somebody not ever seeing an airplane before. There really is no logical explanation for that. Explaining this away as a flare is a cover story. Flares don't gain altitude. Either the government, the doctor states in her book, knows everything or they know nothing. They keep changing their stories. How can 10,000 people be crazy at the same time? Mass hallucination? A hallucination caught on videotape? Possibly they're trying to protect the public against something they feel we're not ready to handle. There actually were reports and appeared to be Air Force jets actually going after these lights, trying to intercept them. But as soon as the Air Force got near them, the orbs appeared to disappear, some reports stated. If the military was launching some kind of operation, why'd they pick right in the path of Sky Harbor Airport? If authorities don't know what it is, they should say so. If they do know, they are accountable to the public. What happened up there in the sky in Phoenix? I don't know. I can't tell you. I can tell you that one of the interesting things is that in Mount Graham, Arizona, one of the world's largest telescopes looking up in the sky, owned by a Catholic observatory, with the acronym LUCIFER, is located there. Probably one of the greatest astronomical UFO sightings in all of the history of the United States of America takes place in the same region where the Catholics have a telescope called Lucifer looking up into the skies. I don't know what happened that night. I don't believe it was little green men from other planets. Could have been a top secret military affair. It could have been alter-dimensional. It could not have been an A-10 dropping chaff. What was it that night? I don't know that we'll ever know. But keep looking up. Because the lights are there.